This podcast is part of the Invesco ETF Academy, a knowledge platform on ETFs for professional investors. Please visit the Invesco ETF Academy at the Investment Officer website. .be if you're based in Belgium and investmentofficer.nl for the Netherlands. In this episode, as bonds and stocks correlate, investors look for ways to diversify risk. In times of high tension and conflict, investors look at gold as an addition to a diversified portfolio. But buying physical gold can come with high costs, the risk of trusting the retailer to sell pure gold, and the question where to store the gold safely. My name is Marije Groen, and today I'll talk to Christopher Meller, head of EMEA ETF, Equity and Commodity Product at Invesco, about alternative routes to protect an investment portfolio with gold. Great to see you again, Christopher. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Um, Chris, let's kick off this podcast with a couple of statements and I allow you to answer only by saying yes or no or agree, disagree, whatever you prefer. Uh, and after that, you are allowed to come back to one of the statements. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Here's the first one. Gold has been used as a means of payment for over 2000 years. I don't expect the euro or dollar to last that long. I would have to agree with that. As government bonds have become risky, gold is the only safe haven left. Uh, not quite. I disagree. Third one, gold ETFs work best in times of global uncertainty. I, I would agree with that. Great. And the final one, Bitcoin is the new gold. I disagree. Disagree. Okay, now if you could come back to one of those four, which one would you like to elaborate on a bit more? Uh, they're all great, great statements and they're all great fun. But I, I think I'd revisit the point on uncertainty. So, you know, yes, gold does work very well as a, as a, you know, a portfolio hedge during times of uncertainty. You know, it was the best performing asset class in the first half of 2020 and, and the second best in the first half of, of this year. Uh, But it can also perform well in other market conditions. You know, it's often highlighted as a potential hedge for inflation, for example. So while I agree it works best in uncertainty, uh, there are other reasons for owning gold. Right, right. Um, so let's uh, look at that a bit more in a bit more detail. Um, why should one invest in gold in your view, Christopher? Well, I guess as you, you've sort of highlighted, gold is one of the oldest investment assets, you know, from ancient times right through to today. Uh And there are a few reasons why investors will typically buy it. Um, uh, it's often a very good diversifier for a portfolio. Uh, as we've already touched on, it's often a great hiding place in, in troubled times, uh, potentially a hedge against inflation. Uh, also, a lot of investors will, will look at it as a way of expressing a particular view on you know, the supply-demand dynamics of the gold market itself. Right. You mentioned hedge against inflation. Is gold a hedge rather than investment, would you say? Um, I think you know, gold definitely has some unusual characteristics compared to most investments. You know, if you think about most assets, they offer some kind of yield, you know, whether it's a dividend from equities or, or a coupon from bonds, whether, you know, interest on a savings account. Um, gold has no yield, which can make it kind of, kind of hard to calculate a, a fair value for gold in the same way as you would any other asset. Um, what that means is that the value of gold depends entirely on how much someone else is willing to pay for it uh, when you're looking to sell. Uh, and that, of course, depends on the dynamics of the you know, supply and demand in the gold market at that time. 
um, which, you know, also will factor in, you know, what can you earn on other investments? What's the relative value of the dollar? You know, uh, what's being priced into the, the overall equation? So um, it, it is unusual uh, compared to most assets, but it, 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 you know, it is far more than just a hedge against inflation, certainly. Right. Some investors say that gold has an intrinsic value in extreme scenarios, for example, an economic uh, collapse. How well documented is that belief? Yeah, so I, I guess the assumption of most investors in gold is that it will hold its value and, and give you a backstop in troubled time. And, and certainly the, the data seems to support this. If we look, you know, over the last 50 years, for example, you know, um, since gold has been freely floating as uh, in, in the market effectively, um, you know, uh, over that period, in the majority of bear market drawdowns for equities, Gold has delivered positive returns, you know, and, and you can think back to, to sort of defining moments, you know, the tech crash in, in, in 2000, the great financial crisis in, you know, the, the latter part of the last decade, the COVID crisis in 2020. In all of those occasions, gold went up rather than down when equities were, were declining significantly. Um, it is worth saying that it's not true in all circumstances, you know, notably in the early 80s, gold declined along with equities. Um, and that came after a very long run of, of very strong performance from the gold market. Um, but in general, in the majority of times, uh, gold acts as that, that backstop for a portfolio. Right. Christopher, how does gold act as an inflation hedge? Yeah, so I guess, you know, a stagflationary environment, you know, particularly relevant today, you know, it's probably the central fear for most investors right now, slowing growth and, and, and you know, rampant price increases. You know, it's a pretty tough one for all asset classes. Um, and, and certainly the research that our, our, our strategy team have, have done shows that there are basically only two assets that offer some kind of protection in an inflationary um, spiral, um, which is commodities and gold. Um, obviously, commodities is often itself a driver of inflation, so causality is difficult to, to pick out there. But certainly, you know, gold has earned as a, a reputation as, as an inflation hedge, in particular in the 70s and, and 80s in inflationary periods. Uh, it, it's interesting, if you look at the relationship more recently, it's been a bit more mixed, primarily because we've lived through a prolonged period with very limited signs of, of inflation. Um I think it is fair to say that if you think about gold over the long term, you know, the supply of gold is very much constrained. So if you assume that people will always want exposure to gold, then demand for gold and hence the price of gold should largely be driven by you know, the share of, of total production that a consumer is willing to pay you know, uh, for that gold, which ultimately gives it a long term basis for real value. Um, and, and therefore, ultimately, long-term protection against you know uh, inflation and, and you know the depreciation of currencies. Right. Hot topic nowadays, Christopher, of course, is sustainability. Um, can gold also be sustainable? Yeah, it's a great question, and, and a lot of the the investors that we speak to who are looking at gold are, are definitely asking the question around sustainability. Um, gold can be. Uh, 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 Certainly, the sourcing of gold can be improved. Um, the behaviours that that gold miners have, you know, um, have certainly improved in in you know the last uh, decade or so around you know dealing with you know um, um, the the environmental impact of mining. But ultimately, you know, 
uh, mining gold is a, a dirty uh, and potentially polluting business. Um, it is interesting if you look at the actions that have been taken by the, in the, the, the gold community, so most notably the LBMA, which is the, the uh, London Bullion Market Association, so that's the sort of central market for, for gold globally, uh, for gold bullion, uh, applies you know, um, strict um, responsible sourcing guideline, guidance, um, which means that a, a refiner can only uh, uh, be, be allowed to supply gold into the London bullion market if they meet the, the strict criteria around environmental uh, 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 governance and, and you know, um, behaviour and monitor that in the downstream supply that's coming to them. So, you know, certainly, you know, since the introduction of the responsible gold guidance, I think um, you can say, you know, with with hand on heart, that uh, a lot of work is going into minimising the damage potentially caused by gold mining. Right. Um, let's take a closer look at how this all translates uh, into an investment portfolio. Uh, what would you say is the role of gold in a portfolio? Yeah, so I guess the key role in most portfolios is is as a diversifying asset. You know, um, gold typically has a, a low correlation with other um, broad asset classes, um, which means that it uh, helps to, um, you know, uh, reduce the overall uh, uh, risk of the portfolio or in t- indeed increases the overall uh, return relative to risk for, for a well-diversified portfolio. Um uh, we've also touched on the fact that it tends to do well during troubled times. That really reflects the fact that there is that that lower correlation with other asset classes. Um, so acting as a backstop for the portfolio uh, is often uh, another feature of, of using gold in, in a portfolio. And as a consequence, how much of the portfolio should be in gold if we want to diversify well? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess as with all portfolio construction questions, it's it's you know, difficult to generalise. It, it very much depends on the risk tolerance and the time horizon of, of the, the end investor. Um, what I would say, and it also depends on the other assets that you're exposed to in the portfolio. Right. Um, that said, you know, even a two or three percent allocation, you know, can help to increase some, some additional diversification. Um, uh, it also can help to provide a backstop to, portfo- to, to the portfolio. You know, there, there is that old idea that you know, if you have enough gold tucked away to buy a good suit and a, uh, and a decent meal, you can always pick yourself up and start again uh, if the worst happens. Um, and that probably still applies even in modern portfolio theory. Right, right, right. Um, you mentioned before already, uh, gold behaves differently from stocks and bonds because it provides more uh, diversification. What can you say about the correlation between gold, stocks and bonds? Yeah, so, you know, gold is, as I say, has a typically a lower correlation with other broad asset classes. Um, uh, that correlation will vary over time, you know, uh, as as ever, different market conditions will affect different assets in uh, either similar or different ways from time to time. The other thing I'd say, of course, is that, you know, typically you see correlations increase when you least want them to when markets are declining. So, you know, most most recognised is the idea that, you know, bonds are negatively correlated to, to equities. Um, right up until the point at which they're not. Um, uh, gold is also has that risk, um, but in general, you know, an allocation to gold is typically going to help improve you know the risk-adjusted returns of that diversified portfolio. When we look at gold uh, ETCs, uh, what advantages do physical gold ETCs offer over 
other ways of investing in gold, such as, for example, literally buying it or investing in futures or in shares of companies that actually mine in gold? Yeah, so, you know, there are sort of, I guess, you know, three the three main options that you've talked about in terms of getting exposure to gold. Physical investment, you know, the pros of that, it has a direct link to the price of gold. The, the disadvantage is it can be costly and complicated to, to arrange purchase and safe storage and insurance and so on. Um, and those costs can be, you know, a much bigger proportion of the value of the investment for, for a smaller investor. Um, futures is another way of getting exposure to, to the gold price. It's typically, you know, only suitable for, for a more sophisticated investor. You know, it, it has advantages. It's, it's, you know, highly liquid. It, it um, uh, has, it enables the use of leverage, for example. Um, but the reality is that futures prices can deviate from, from the spot price of physical gold significantly. Um, it can also be um, costly um, and time-consuming to, to keep on rolling futures contracts. So every time the future comes close to expiry, you need to sell it and buy a new one. And, and you know, typically that has a cost associated with it that detracts from performance. The other example that people often look at is gold mining companies, so investing in the equities of gold miners. Uh, again, often thought of as a play on the gold price, but also highly correlated with other equities in the broader market. So, you know, it's much more subject to both equity market risk and also the idiosyncratic risks of any investment in a company, you know, um, uh, I think it's often famously attributed to Mark Twain, you know, the saying that a gold mine is a hole in the ground with a liar standing next to it. That's kind of the risk you're taking with investing in in a in a company that's that's you know um, digging up gold. I, I guess the exchange traded gold products, you know, an ETC, really combines the advantage of physical ownership. So they're fully backed by physical gold. Um, uh, so it has that direct link to the, the price movements in, in, in the spot gold price. Um, but it has, you know, lower costs and uh, a much more simple mechanism for, for trading in and out um, as it trades on ex- the certificates issued by an ETC trade on exchange, just like, you know, a stock or just like you know, a, an, an ETF on, on an equity index, for example. Right, right. Yeah. So you mentioned it already. An ETC is exchange-traded commodity indeed. Uh, what is the exact difference with an ETF, which is an exchange-traded fund? Maybe you can elaborate just a bit more on that. Yeah, so uh, uh, to, to run a fund, certainly in, in a, a USITS fund, uh, so most, most ETFs in, in the European market will be USITS. Um, so the usage requirements um, specifically around diversification mean that a fund in Europe can't invest in just a single asset like gold. Clear. So an exchange-traded commodity is is essentially a different type of investment structure that aims to do a similar thing to an exchange-traded fund, in, in this example to track the gold price rather than an equity index. Um, the ETC does this by issuing certificates that are secured by gold being held in in a vault for the benefit of the certificate holders. And then it delivers the performance of the gold price, uh, less fees, um, with very low tracking error in a similar way to the way that uh, an ETF would deliver the performance of an equity index, uh, again, uh, with low fees and typically low tracking error. Right. Um, What are factors that will determine the price of an ETC? Yeah, so the certificate price, so the certificates that are issued are obviously backed by gold in, in a vault. 
Um, and the certificate price is directly linked to you know the amount of gold that that certificate represents. Um, so each certificate represents a certain entitlement amount uh, measured in troy ounces or fractions of a troy ounce. Um, uh, and that can be directly linked to the gold price in in the market and indeed you know typically certificates would be valued daily um, uh, very often using the PM auction rate in the London bullion market as, as a reference rate um, so the price uh, of the certificates as, as they trade on exchange will also reflect that underlying value uh, that the, the, the amount of uh, entitlement brings you. Um, reaching already the end of this this interview, Christopher, um, just wondering, is the price risk of a gold ETC the same as the price risk in pure gold? Yeah, ultimately, the price of the ETC is very closely linked to the price right. of, of gold in the market. So the, the risks that go with an investment in, in di direct investment in physical gold Um, uh, in terms of price movements will also be reflected in the price movements of the ETCs on exchange. Thanks so much, Christopher, for talking about gold with me and about ETFs. This episode was brought to you by Invesco. Invesco is one of the world's largest asset management companies originating in the US and has been present in Belgium since 2006 and in the Netherlands since 2007. This podcast is for discussion purposes only and is intended only for professional investors in Belgium, Luxembourg and the Netherlands. For more podcasts and articles on passive investing, please visit the Invesco ETF Academy at the Investment Officer website, .be if you're based in Belgium, or investmentofficer.nl for the Netherlands. Disclaimer. The value of investments and any income from them will fluctuate. This may partly be the result of changes in exchange rates. Investors may not get back the full amount invested, This podcast is for discussion purposes only and is intended only for professional investors in Belgium, Luxembourg and the Netherlands. It is not intended as a recommendation to buy or sell any particular asset class, security or strategy. Regulatory requirements that require impartiality of investment or investment strategy recommendations are therefore not applicable nor are any prohibitions to trade before publication. Where individuals or the business have expressed opinions, they are based on current market conditions, they may differ from those of other investment professionals and are subject to change without notice. This podcast is by Invesco Investment Management Limited, Ground Floor, 2 Cumberland Place, Fenian Street, Dublin 2, Ireland.